Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. Rating Explicit. Chapter 11. She woke in ink block darkness, feeling dark and splotchy and out of sorts. As sleep dissolved into her shadowed living room, she felt still wrapped in the hazy memory of Mulder's voice and the steady beat of his heart under her ear. Except, in reality, the only thing under her ear was a firm couch cushion. She snuggled down in the afghan and let her lids droop again so she could roll around in the dream some more. His arm wrapped around her, his fingers playing in her hair, the feel of his breath at her hairline. I love you, Dream Mulder said again. Her eyes snapped open, catapulting her back into reality. Not a dream. Mulder had come over and said those things. And she had said things back. And now things were said. No going back. Then, she appeared to have passed out from exhaustion, because she was rather fuzzy on what had occurred after. Oh, God. She rubbed her eyes and twisted herself into the cushions. Well done, she congratulated herself silently. Narcoleptic attacks are always so attractive. Her fingers nodded in the fringe of her blanket as her stomach started an anxious twitch. Mulder had rocked the boat all night, and now she was feeling a little seasick. Her life these days had such a precarious balance that she wondered how wise it was to try to squeeze a virile six-foot-tall man into it, into herself. Her face flushed hot, and she burrowed further into the couch. They could have sex now, she realized. It might even be expected. The thought made her feel breathless, itchy and invaded all at once. She squeezed her knees together. Her skin remembered his touch from earlier in the evening, and she felt his fingerprints come alive again on her body, phantom tingles that singed her very edges. But if practice made perfect, then she was in trouble because even her vibrator had a layer of dust on it. Her last awkward attempt at mating had produced only an industrial-sized hangover and a frightening trip to the furnace. She'd initiated that little disaster with the first kiss. She had pushed him onto the couch and tried to fuck the angry voices out of her head. How ironic, then, that Ed had been attempting the very same exorcism, but with more furious intent. How lucky for her that his dick hadn't cooperated. Scully rolled over onto her back and sighed. Maybe she was getting ahead of herself anyway. The evidence certainly suggested she was. Mulder had made his big declaration, and then, what? Swept her up in a passionate kiss? Tossed her down on the cushions and started ripping off her clothes? No. He'd wrapped her in a warm hug and kissed the top of her head. Like always. Then he'd left. Like always. Oh. Oh, no. Excitement turned to dread, and she curled into a ball again, feeling her heart rate triple under the force of her embarrassment. She'd misunderstood his intentions. He loved her as a friend, as a partner. Maybe it was even pity that had forced the words from him. He'd said his piece, covered her with a blanket, and left without so much as a note. She reached one hand out 
to the coffee table to be sure, managed to knock the TV remote to the floor in the process. There was no note. Stupid, she muttered to herself, determined not to cry. She pushed aside the blanket and swung her feet onto the floor. The action sent her blanket skirting away, and she swallowed a curse as she turned on a light. Squinting into the sudden brightness, she bent and stretched out her arms towards the remote. The remote turned out not to work her TV, but instead controlled the stereo. And it had a yellow sticky note stuck to it. Play me. Scully stepped back on the couch and aimed the remote at her shelf unit. She clicked. The CD whirled. Frank's smooth voice saturated her living room. Fly me to the moon and let me play among the stars. Scully's breath escaped on a short, watery laugh. She hugged her knees to her chest and let the music wash over her. She hadn't been wrong. There was no doubt. Mulder had come a courtin'. No one would argue that they weren't two very serious people. She was worth her weight in medical textbooks, and his neurons crackled so fast, it was a wonder his skull didn't emit a permanent hum. They wore dark suits and expressions to match. They wielded flashlights like lightsabers and illuminated corners of the world no one had even known about before they'd showed up. Clearly, these were not people about to star in a production of two FBI agents in love. So even though he did, and she did too, no one would have guessed anything had changed. She called the CDC about a fax they'd sent her and did not even make the faintest googly eyes across the room as she did so. He answered some email, but he did not send her any love notes. Neither of them dotted their eyes with miniature hearts. There was no slow dance in the middle of the office. But at lunchtime, they did go out to the mall, where they sat on the bench in the springtime sunshine. When an errant cherry blossom blew into her hair, he pulled the cluster of petals free, but did not toss them aside. He set the flower on his knee as they continued talking about whether it would be possible to break down the human body into atoms for space travel and then reassemble it again on the other side with the similar components. It would still be you, Mulder argued, if it was the same blueprint. Your grandfather had an axe, Scully answered. Your father replaced the handle, then you replaced the blade. Is it still your grandfather's axe? They continued on like that for quite some time, because this was the way they loved each other, with arguments. But for dessert, Mulder rattled a bag of M&Ms. He poured a rainbow of chocolate into his palm, which he extended her as if feeding a timid bird. She picked out the yellows, one by one, and popped them in her mouth, surprised each time at their sweetness. Romance, it seemed, was good for her beauty rest. Mulder glided the car to a stop outside her apartment and cut the engine, but Scully didn't stir. The lamplight cast tiny eyelash shadows on her cheeks in a world gone black and white. He considered rousing her with a kiss, but decided the first time she should be conscious for the event. The leather seats creaked as he reached across to tuck a lock of hair behind her ear. Scully. Hmm. She shifted but did not open her eyes. He stroked her pale cheek with the back of his fingers. Hey, we're here. Her lashes fluttered, shadow dancing, and she sat up. 
he slid his hand around to the fine hairs at the back of her neck, massaging with his thumb. She yawned and leaned into his touch. Sorry, she said. Long day. She stretched forward and gathered her things from the floor, and he slid his hand down her spine. Scully. Yeah? She turned her head, and the lock of hair fell onto her cheek again. He smiled fondly, sweeping his hand over her back. Last night he began, and felt her stiffen under his touch. You said you had something to tell me. She straightened, hauling her briefcase into her lap, and he withdrew his hand from behind her. She looked out the window towards her front door. Yeah, she said. My doctor thinks I should try a new course of treatment. It would require a longer hospital stay, probably several days, so I thought I should let you know. I won't be able to work, so... He flinched as though she slapped him. You think that's all I care about? I didn't say that. You implied it. She bowed her head. I didn't mean to. I just... I won't be there, and I want you to be prepared. His anger melted, clogging in his throat. Oh, Scully. He reached across the gear shift again and tugged her towards him, wrapping her in an awkward but fierce hug. The briefcase slipped to the floor, and she shuddered in his arms. It's okay, he murmured. We'll figure it out. Her fingers curled into his shirt, and she sniffed against his neck. It's only for a few days. He stroked her warm head. When do you have to go? I have some tests on Friday. I'll know more then. Probably next week sometime. Okay. He mapped the slope and curve of her with his hands, feeling the cadence of her breath slow as the tension drained away. Scully, did I ever tell you about the cave I found when I was a kid? I don't think so. She found his ribs through the thin cotton of his shirt and began an idle exploration that threatened to derail his story. Yeah, um, I found the entrance when I was crawling around in the grass one day. You could only see it down on your belly because of the rocky overhang. I got a flashlight and wiggled my way inside. Damn near ripped my t-shirt in half. Your mother must have been pleased. I didn't tell her. I didn't tell anyone. I started skipping school to do more exploring in the place. I was convinced I was going to find ancient cave drawings. Or, you know, Batman. He felt her smile. And did you? No. I found a lot of moss and some fish with no eyes. Then I flunked my earth science exam, and my parents discovered what I had been doing with my time. I tried arguing that I was conducting actual research, but that didn't go over too well. My ass was grounded for a month, and they walled off the entrance to my cave. Mulder. She pulled back a few inches and met his gaze. Is there a point to this little tale? He smiled. Uh, to keep you here in the car with me? I see. Her hand slid into his. In that case, it seems to be working. The teasing of her thumb across his knuckles made his breath ragged. Too bad, he licked his lips. Too bad that's the end of the story then. Hmm, too bad. Sweat broke out on the back of his neck, and Scully had a deep, breathy half-whisper that stirred him, even when she was talking about kinesis interactions with Bronian motion, 
to hear her murmur bad in the confines of a darkened car? Well, his brain translated naughty and redirected his blood flow to a southerly direction. He bent his head so their foreheads nearly touched and reached for her other hand. Her fingers curled around his. You've heard all my other stories by now. Probably so. I should just get going. Yeah. But instead, she squirmed, and he lurched, and they both stopped breathing as their lips touched for the first time. Her hands gripped his in the dark warmth of her lap. He extended one finger and traced inside the thigh through her wool pants, making her shiver. She pulled back, shifting for purchase on the slippery seat, and he steadied her with his other hand on her ribcage. Scully. Shh. She palmed his cheek, her fingers grazing his lower lashes as her fingers sank into his hair. The prick of her nails on his scalp made him dizzy, and her lips swallowed his moan. His fingers splayed out against her ribs to catch the rise and fall of her as they kissed. Felt her straining to meet him. Her mouth parted with a small, stifled pleasure noise that caused his ears to burn. His first taste of her was slow and shallow, teasing, and she answered by pressing closer, drawing him deeper inside. Steam rose on the windows as their pressure grew in his veins. The heavy sound of their intermingled breathing spurred his pounding heart. He caressed the bend of her waist, then higher, sliding up, up, past the tiny bumps of buttons to her breast. Her nipple hardened with one gentle swipe. Scully gasped and jerked backwards. He opened his eyes at the loss of heat and touch. Scully. The taste of her lingered on his lips, and he licked it away. I need to go. She fumbled for her briefcase. It's late. Scully, wait a second. He rubbed her arm in what he hoped was a reassuring manner, but she was already turning to leave. I'll see you tomorrow, Mulder. She opened the door and let the cold night air in, shocking his still-heated skin. Scully, I'm sorry. That stopped her. She bent her head for a moment, then twisted around to look at him. No, I am, she said softly, her eyes large and dark. She stretched back and kissed his cheek. I'll see you tomorrow. The jolt of the slamming door punctuated her exit, and Mulder sat deflated in his seat. Four years did not seem like an unreasonable amount of time to try for second base, but perhaps Scully marked her sexual scorecard differently. Or maybe chemotherapy made her too sensitive for his groping. He scratched the back of his head and took a deep breath. There had been nothing in the cancer book about this part. As his internal engine quieted down, he started the one in the car, resigning to head home alone. It wasn't until he reached the bridge that a thought occurred to him. Scully had said she was starting a new kind of treatment. His stomach clenched. This meant the first round of treatment had failed. Scully curled under the thin hospital blanket and tried to snooze in the gray afternoon light. An ardenous day of testing left her poked, prodded, and feeling naked as a peeled grape. She wasn't so much tired as she was completely stripped of her usual psychic armor. Somewhere in the building, people wearing her usual garb of white coats and safety glasses were measuring her samples, studying her scans, and generally detailing the breakdown of her body. All she could do was wait for her sentence to be handed down. A knock at the door made her sit up. 
Come in, she said, wiggling back against the pillows. Mulder poked his head and bad tie around the door. Hey, he said. They said you might be napping. I'm awake, she said, as he entered, shutting the door behind him. He bypassed the ugly plastic chair and sat on the bed near her hip. His gaze raked over her thin scrubs and the various band-aids she sported on her arms. Hi, he said again. How are you doing? Her lower lip threatened to quiver, so she bit it. It's been a long day. Yeah, his voice was soft, and his hands were warm on hers. Lots of tests, huh? She scooted closer to him. When I was little, my dad used to take us down to the beach at low tide and let us play in the tide pools. My brother and I took great pleasures in poking the sea anemones with a stick until they contracted into tiny balls. She gave him a baleful look. I have a new sympathy for those poor little anemones. Mulder made a low sound in his throat and enfolded her in his arms. I'm sorry, Scully, he said, kissing the top of her head. She followed through on her sea creature analogy with huddling down into a ball and holding on tight. Mulder, with his broad shoulders and rumbly chest, made a perfect rock. She closed her eyes and let him sway her gently from side to side. His hands swept the length of her spine in long strokes, molding her back into herself again. How was work? She asked the knot of his tie. I had ass duty today, eight hours behind a desk. Trade you, she said, and he squeezed her even closer. What can I do? You're doing it. Attached to Mulder, she didn't feel quite so small and defenseless. I have at least another hour before they give me the results and let me out of here. You should rest, he said, smoothing her hair. Lie down and try to get some sleep. She yawned and rubbed her cheek against the fuzz of his cotton shirt, tightening her arms around him so he couldn't leave. No, this is fine. He drew the covers up to her shoulders, and for the first time all day she was warm. The stark room faded away as she let herself drift to the sound of the glubs and growls inside Mulder. When she opened her eyes again, they had changed positions. Mulder had shifted onto the bed completely, so his back was supported. Gone were his sports coat and his tie and his shoes, and apparently she had managed to wiggle her way into his lap. He felt her tense and rubbed his chin on the top of her head. Good sleep. I did it again, didn't I? She tried to extricate herself, but he held her fast. Mulder. What? The doctor should be in at any moment. Tall man with a striped tie and a bad comb over. He was already here. Oh, God. She buried her face in Mulder's neck. He chuckled. He said sleep was good for you and promised to be back in an hour. That's... He craned his neck around to the bedside table. About 30 minutes from now. Still, she said, I should move. Mulder's voice teased her ear as his arms tightened around her. I'd like to see you try. She was glad he couldn't see her smile. I'll do more than try. She wiggled a bit, elbowing him in the process. You're going to be thinking your lucky stars you're already in the hospital. Oh, hurt me. His knee came up, throwing her off balance, and she grabbed his forearm and tried to kick her way free, but the blankets impeded her process. Mulder! He managed to pin both of her arms with one of his, and his legs trapped hers easily. Give up, he asked, his voice low and breathless. Never. She squirmed some more and tried a few additional, ineffective kicks. At last, she sagged, panting. All right, all right, you win. 
Mulder laughed and relaxed his grip, and she chose that moment to lunge free. Hey. He snapped her back with ease, and this time, she didn't struggle. She laid her head on his shoulder and wrapped arms around him. I'm glad you're here. She kissed the underside of his chin. I'm glad you let me be here. She rested for another moment, listening to his heart slow. Then she stretched cat-like, and the shift slid her deeper into his lap. She froze. Mulder. Ignore that. His erection pressed firmly against her bottom, with only his pants and her thin hospital scrubs between them. Her mouth went dry, and her fingers clenched the blanket. Ignore it, she whispered, not looking at him. I have been. He pressed his face into her neck. It's okay, Scully. It's not. She swallowed with difficulty. His arms snaked out to encircle her again. Tell me, he said simply. She looked at the ceiling, as if the magic words would suddenly appear there. Mulder, about that. Yes? He gave her an encouraging nuzzle, and unshed tears burned the back of her throat. Damn it, she rubbed her eyes. I just don't know if I can. She had done a little reading on the subject, tackling her sex life like it was just another science project. All the books said the same thing, that sex was fine, as long as she was feeling well enough. But there were numerous cautions about possible pitfalls. Lubrication, for one. How the hell was she supposed to have that conversation with Mulder? I've stopped menstruating, Mulder. Probably due to weight loss, and so my hormones are all out of whack. Make sure to bring a tube of KY jelly with that bottle of wine. Then there was a matter of joint pain, which she often suffered at night, and three layers of clothing she wore to bed these days to keep her from having chills. Attractive, no? I'll just cut a hole in these here sweatpants, Mulder, and you can stick it right in. Scully wiped away the hot, trickling tear with the back of her hand, and Mulder hugged her from behind. Don't cry, he murmured, rocking her. Not over this. She nodded. I want to do it. I do. I just don't know if everything works right anymore. I don't want... What? He brushed the hair from the back of her face. I don't want to disappoint you. She squeezed her eyes shut, forcing out the embarrassing words. Scully, he said, making her name sound like an endearment. His cheeks scraped against hers. You think you have the market cornered on that little anxiety? I haven't been laid since the Bush administration. A painful laugh escaped her. No, seriously, I may need a road map. She ducked her head and covered his hand with one of her own. I guess that explains why you can work up such an impressive level of excitement in a hospital room. His fingers stroked her belly through her scrubs. It's not the room that excites me. He kissed her shoulder above the edge of her top. Mulder, hmm? She felt the tip of his tongue at her collarbone and heat flooded her face. What are you doing? Practicing. He breathed the word over her skin and she shivered. We're in a hospital. So you mentioned. With an unlocked door. Exciting, isn't it? He slipped one hand under her top, his fingers grazing the edge of her ribcage. The slow strokes sent her blood humming. Her breaths came shallow and light, caught between fear and arousal. No risk of disappointment, she thought as the weight of desire started pulling her under. Just a little touching. 
skin starved, her hands flexed with the need to feel him. She ran her palms up his forearms, thrilling at the tickle of his springy hairs. A tiny adjustment put her back in full contact with his erection, and he nipped the shell of her ear. Pure and sandy, she thought, eyeing the door. But her body was cooperating. It seemed to recognize the urgency of the situation and surged into overdrive. Her blood buzzed in her ears. Her lips felt swollen, even though they had yet to kiss. Hot, restless, she twisted in his embrace. Leaning forward, he could find her breasts with both hands. Ah, he sighed, pleased with his discovery. She gritted her teeth to keep from crying out. Mulder, she sounded desperate to her own ears. We need to. We should stop. Not yet. His voice was tight. You like that? She sucked in a full breath as he rolled each nipple between his fingers. Full arousal, her first in months, returned like an avalanche, nearly making her keen aloud. She pulled free and turned in his arms, so they were face to face. His wild, bright eyes held traces of laughter. I'll take that as a... She shut him up with her mouth, pushing him back against the pillows and the headboard. No tint of hello this time. She took him hot and deep, and he answered with a smothered groan that vibrated against her lips. His hands closed over her back, roaming under her top again, as if he were a blind man mapping the Venus de Milo. Her nipples swelled to greet his greedy fingers. Molder, molder, molder. She tried to keep his head still for kissing, sliding in for his rough tongue. Her knees grew shaky, so she lowered herself again into his lap, finding the perfect angle on first try. Their mouths met and receded, allowing her brief, needy gasps as she pressed even closer. The combination of his zipper and his cock between her legs was almost enough. His hips answered her rocking with quick, erratic thrusts. Here, here, he muttered, yanking at her loose cotton pants. No, no, even though it's just what she needed. She set the edge of her teeth to his neck, tasting the salt of him, and raised an inch so he could put his hands between her thighs. He cupped her through the thin cotton. Hard fingers, not enough. She whined in frustration. No, he panted. Hot breath stirred her hair. She rubbed herself on his hand. Please, oh. Dizzily, she realized someone might come and see her grinding herself this way, but it wasn't enough to stop the madness. Her body was on fire with pleasure instead of pain. Like this, he said, urging her forward. She leaned down and put her face next to his, and he worked one hand down the front of her pants. Her thighs trembled. She buried her face in his neck, tensing as he sought out the pulse between her legs. He slipped two fingers inside her underwear. She twitched at the jolt of the sensation. Okay, he breathed. She could feel the tension in his arms. Yeah. Not as wet as she might have been, but not enough to hurt. She thought she could feel every ridge of his fingertips. Her thighs tightened around his hand, asking for more. He started a tentative rhythm that made her squeeze her eyes at the pure joy. Like this, he whispered, a naughty intern feeling her up under her scrubs. Mmm. She moved with him as he increased the pressure and the speed. Hurry, hurry, her inner voice chanted. Almost there. She clutched him, 
Don't stop. He murmured words of praise, used his free hand to caress the back of her thigh. Look, he said, urging her away from his chest. Look and see. She looked down through the curtain of her hair and saw his tan arm disappeared into the waistband of her pants. She saw the bulge of his hand, saw the cotton move as he worked her. Lying her forehead on his chest, she dug her fingers into his shirt. Molder, she managed as waves began. She jerked and pressed his fingers deep inside. He peppered her shoulder with hot kisses. Oh, my God. She collapsed full weight on him, letting the room spin as he stroked her gently through the aftershocks. After a minute, she raised herself up enough to look at him. I can't believe that just happened. He regarded her through heavy-lidded eyes. It's the scrubs, he said. I can't resist. Mulder, she chuckled and shook her head. Wow. Mmm. His look of naked affection made her blush, and she curled against him, warm and sweaty and sated. Oh, the heat of his erection poked at her belly. Mulder, what about you? Unless you want to show your physician how FBI pathologists really play doctor, I think I'm going to have to wait. I'm sorry, she said, full of sympathy. I'm not. I'm just going to have to lie very still for a minute and think of Skinner. She stifled a giggle against his shoulder and relaxed. Her fingers played through the damp silk of his hair. He's not naked, is he? God, no, he paused. He's wearing capri pants. Molder. And a golf hat. She considered. How about tap shoes? Keep talking. I think it's working. A feather boa. Oh, and knee socks. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>